Welcome to Bipolar Inquiry, drafting and crafting bipolar consciousness since 2016 by philosophizing, relanguaging, and harvesting mania's special messages, meaning visions, extraordinary experiences, ideas, insights, superpowers, possibilities, synchronicity, and parallel worlds. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information discussed on the show is not medical advice. Now, let's get started with this episode. Since in the state of mania, one feels like everything is one. That it would be important to design a society that keeps that in mind. Or in heart. Because I think it fizzles out because eventually that energy where everyone and everything is one wears off because it's not actually reflected that way in reality, in the material world. One can go into that state in consciousness and feel that in consciousness. And if one was there long enough, one might be able to create that. And I think it can be created to some extent in, in daily life. Because again, all this talk about manic consciousness and embodied mania and harvesting mania isn't about being in that state of consciousness. It's about embodying those types of behaviors and, and joyousness. It's one thing to be propelled into those sorts of behaviors and joyousness because that type of chemical is made endogenously for whatever reason or however it works it could work in a multitude of ways what I'm trying to say is by embodying that in regular consciousness it will be practiced in the neurology and the physiology in a daily life way in a sort of daily life embodied way and I think it's something even quote-unquote normal people can do is that one day n normal people will be looking to that state and how people are in that state in order to figure out how to be in life. Because it can be created internally and one can act that way or one can act that way and it'll be created internally so a lot of times the universe will do the internal creation for us in order to give us that kind of clue you could think of it as a game and then it's a matter of having that state of oneness inform one's life instead of going back to the state of thinking in order to inform one's life and I'm going to try and put this somewhat to the test myself. And in that TED talk with that woman, she said, her father said, if there's a problem and no solution, then you got to create the solution. And you also have to figure out exactly what the problem is. 
And the trouble partly is that I guess I don't really know what the, the problem is. Part of the problem could be that reality is just too dull. And so the universe comes in and tries to make it more interesting. Even if one is in the exact same place they always are, all of a sudden it's so interesting. Well, that's a cool game. A lot of us feel like life is meaningless, and then the universe comes in and shows us, wow, there's meaning everywhere. And perhaps that's part of the thing, is that it's a matter of adopting the attitude that the universe would have us have. No matter what, be joyous and loving and spontaneous and curious and playful. That might have been why I was thriving when I was working in that medical clinic, because I was just that. And not trying to do anything in particular. Sort of being as the universe would want me to be. And that does everything. So I guess in a way that's back to the whole idea of being versus doing. And I think that's part of it, is that mania is a state of being. And then everything just happens. Miraculously. Part of the self-dialogue too it must be creating neuroplastic changes in my brain over self-dialogue, sort of creating those channels where I can talk to myself really easily and maybe one day I'll be able to talk with other people. And I think that if there is information coming out of my body and out of my nervous system due to changes in entropy or changes in consciousness or however it works by talking to myself in this way I'm actually maybe creating more neural networks for that energy to go creating more channels for the energy to go and even by talking to myself I'm, I'm that entropy, the words, the information, the dialogue is going from my nervous system into technology and sort of putting my electrons out there I actually feel like manic consciousness damages areas of the brain that are overemphasized. We don't need them as much anymore. And it shows that we can exist without all of that. We can exist not living in abstraction. We're all living in the abstractions of our minds. We're not actually living in reality. And manic consciousness comes in and shuts down those abstractions. And we are living in actuality and, and reality. And we're we're in awe and we're amazed and so those areas shut down and other areas are trying to activate and then we're thought to have defective brains or like the prefrontal cortex has been damaged and is shrinking while well, we're supposed to have a different part of the brain growing to compensate but it can't grow when our ego is glued back together with with chemicals 
It's trying to create the circuits of oneness. It's trying to create more relational circuits. And it could actually be because we have less and less relationship in the world and more interfacing with technology, just like I am right now. And somebody else in a TED talk said the brain changes depending on what happened to it. And that's what neuroplasticity is. Well, imagine manic consciousness happening to a brain. Well, it's going to change for sure. I think the brain turns into an altruistic brain. And again, then it's just turned into a personal medical problem. And the person doesn't actually have a chance to engage those aspects of the brain that were coming online and I think bipolar is neuroplasticity turned back on when it turns on everything seems interesting and I think part of that is always seeing in a new way taking so many different perspectives and I think that's part of it is is we can see possibilities and we can see potential and we can see things that are implicit and we can extrapolate we can see in so many different ways we're not just seeing from our limited ego perspective and part of that power of now level of consciousness that Sean Blackwell talked about is taking other people's perspectives or taking other perspectives so I feel like instead of being an ego we become a perspective taker and we empathize and we can see exactly the scenario and situation we're in. And that's one of the reasons why the consciousness goes like this is because if we see something sad, we feel sad. If we, if we see something happy, we feel happy. And we're going up and down, up and down. And I think that's part of it is Krishnamurti talks about the brain being infinitely pliable. And I think that's what happens with bipolar is that we really become one with whatever is arising in the moment and it could maybe get more difficult with time because we're not used to operating in that mode we're not used to operating as I am what arises in the moment if there's something painful going on I'm gonna feel that pain and if there's something joyous going on I'm gonna feel that joy I'm not gonna be blocking whatever it is that I'm in with my mind by thinking and abstracting and, and judging and labeling. When we label something, we don't actually feel the situation because we've already prejudged it. We're saying, I know what this is. But when we're completely vulnerable in bipolar, in map consciousness, we're always making new maps of things and maybe we're just infinitely mapping and we can't actually make a map in which to reference something and that could be part of the thing that eventually we get kind of tired and we're like well I want a reference point through which to view life in order to actually be able to separate myself from feeling so much and I think that's what the ego does. It protects us from actually feeling. If if people didn't have egos, this place
place would be kind of chaotic for a long period of time. I think that could be part of the problem, is how to be that vulnerable. I feel vulnerable because I have some pretty crazy ideas and thoughts about mental health. I could think of it as brain damage induced by the universe. So then we'll figure out how to be and act totally differently to make different circuits come online. Something else wants to manifest through us. Otherwise, it would just be easy to just do a couple jumping jacks and then all of a sudden we're back to ourselves or something. Part of the question is how to create that oneness. And I think gestures are one of the easiest ways because they're pretty universal. And I wrote down the question, what does consciousness want me to do? And then I wrote down, share this consciousness. I think manic consciousness is a gift so the question might be how to embody that and i think there's a clue in the word manic man i see i think of everything on earth that's what people would want the most and it's the opposite of the noise of the ego and the prefrontal cortex. And I've talked about how so much in life is about getting that prefrontal cortex to be quiet, whether it's meditation, yoga, deep breathing, extreme sports. Everyone wants that flow And what is that flow? Is it a flow of consciousness instead of a stream of thoughts? And what is that consciousness? When we are, when we are that consciousness, we are it. Then we become what we were looking for this whole time. But we can't see that we are what we're looking for because we're busy talking about what we're looking for. So it's really messed up. What if each moment is exactly what we're looking for? And in manic consciousness, each moment is fulfilling in and of itself. So I feel like we can go from seeing ourselves as having a defect to having a gift. Maybe there's defects in things that are shutting down the prefrontal cortex in different areas that are not as needed for a new society. Maybe they're valuable in, in the way society's designed, but that society is leading people to 
be depressed and feel like life is meaningless and all these things. And then this change in consciousness happens to us to show us another way of seeing. It's just showing us another way of seeing. We either see through the ego or we see through this other consciousness, which shows us infinite learning and infinite perspective taking. What if we were always learning and never going back into memory? Would there be an ego? Because the ego is the one that remembers in reference to the ego. But if there's no remembering, maybe there's no ego. I guess another problem might be how to keep consciousness associated to this body. And I think I talked about how looking at myself when I'm editing the video, because I don't look at myself really when I'm talking, so I have to look at the dot, but when I'm editing I see myself. That might actually help with dissociation and it might help with forgetfulness and again I think I said that's why I like these videos is because they're just something in and of themselves all I have to remember for doing a video is the one notepad typed up thing that I have for my list of thoughts that I want to talk about with myself and then just setting up the phone and then just remembering to edit it and then put it on YouTube and then it's all done and and that's the extent of my memory right now in terms of information processing I have a lot of old notebooks that I could go over at some point if I if I get there I think there's some weird ideas, but sometimes in the past I write a lot when I'm in a higher state and I'm writing things that are positive statements like everything is one and so I don't know, that might be better for like a journal book thing. I guess in terms of creating oneness, is it would be great if other people might want to be one neuro tribe over having gifts rather than deficits and I think some of the deficits, some of the supposed deficits would be overcome by becoming a neuro tribe because I think the universe wants us to put our brains together in order to create something and it can't really be created by one brain and when we're in that state and we think we can do it ourselves we can save the world or we're here to whatever we're missing the fact that we as one human being can't literally physically do everything required in order for things to change but what is required is that we see things the same way that we think together about things because if we see the same thing we're going to create something congruent. Right now, we're being told to see the same thing about having deficits and 
and and most of us have bought into it. So yeah, altruism, joy. It's interesting how in the state of manic consciousness I don't need these concepts. If I was in that consciousness like I was the very first time, I would just be out there doing whatever. I wouldn't need to really think about it. But I think that's part of the harvest practice embody. The world as it is right now isn't comfortable with manics, but if we can be in regular consciousness and act a bit manic and then pull ourselves back from that consciously, maybe eventually we'll create a world where it's safe to be that happy for no reason. But just to celebrate being alive. I also put my name down for a talk by David Stefan of EMP, True Hope Products, in late January. I'm hoping to ask him more about if I'm able to come off my meds with EMP and if I can get on board with promoting the product if I am able to come off of it, off of my meds. And I also booked an appointment to see this lady I know who does live blood cell analysis. She has a new method doing hair testing. So I thought I'd book an appointment just to see if she had any other information to tell me about my health. So yeah, lots of exciting changes. Continuing to do conscious self-sabotage, happiness first, manic lifestyle design. Thank you for listening to Bipolar Inquiry. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, use your voice, craft your consciousness, embody your potential, enter a quantum paradigm. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information in this show is not medical advice. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.